Thanks for tuning in for Gospel Solutions for Families on the Mormon Channel. This show is all about offering practical, relevant tips for raising children in faith. I'm your host, Amy Iverson. Today we are talking about balance, something a lot of us can struggle with from time to time. How do you set realistic expectations with yourself, your spouse, and your kids? Joining me to talk about helpful tips is a woman who deals with trying to balance her life every day. Nicole Carpenter is a busy wife, mother, author, businesswoman, and founder of momentity.com. We're excited to learn from her today. Now, I know that you and I are both moms of twins. Yes. So I'm guessing that played in a little bit to the way that you had to figure this out for yourself before you even started helping other people. Absolutely. In fact, it's because of those twins that I, well, spiraled yeah. into a deep, dark place. And I don't know, you, maybe you can relate. I had a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mine was about 18 months. But we had two kids. We had a beautiful daughter and a son. And I thought that our family wasn't complete. So I convinced my husband for just one more. Oh, no. Yes. And then the one more turned into two more when we realized that we were expecting identical twins. And um, as you know, a twin when pregnancy is is really taxing, and then even having one infant, let alone two at the same time, is really hard. And then trying to raise two more children on top of that, I had four kids in in five years, and I realized that so many people have a lot harder challenges than that. But for me, that about did me in. Yeah, so you had to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, so uh, I gave all that I had to my family, which was great, and, and I was glad that I could. But what happened? When the twins were about 18 months old and could begin to do things on their own, and I had a moment to breathe, I realized that I no longer loved myself in my life. I had you had given who I yourself was. all mm-hmm. away, and you you forgot who you were. Yeah. I think that happens to a lot of moms, and me, even people who aren't moms. It right. just happens in various situations. And so I know that you've come up with kind of some ways, some steps, if you will, yeah. that we can maybe find ourselves again. Absolutely. I call those steps mom resolutions. There are six of them, and they actually came in a very organic way. I was in a very bad spot, and I, I knew that I needed to make some changes or it would have serious consequences to my family, possibly my marriage. But I didn't know where to go or how to go, but I needed to make changes. I couldn't expect those around me to change. I had to change first. I'm a writer, and so the only thing that I knew to do was to just write and just type. I remember I stayed up late one night, my laptop opened open and I was just typing as fast as I could, um, just words and sentences. And some of it was really scary. Some of the things that, that were there were dark and scary, but through that process, six things came to light that I was not doing that I could do. And I went to work on those six things immediately and immediately I found myself again. And I realized that these six things helped me, but they could help so many other people. And so those six principles, like I said, I call them mom resolutions. They became the, the base or the foundation of momentity.com. Okay. And I think just writing things down is one step in its yeah. own. Sometimes people have to talk it out. Some people just need to write it out. So let's talk about some of those steps. What are they? Yeah. So the six mom resolutions, the first is I am valuable. And I had to realize, like many of us do, that I have a value besides changing diapers and hot meals and folded laundry. And then number two was dreams are real. And that was probably the biggest point of my pain that I had put my dreams on the back burner and I had put them on hold. And probably one of your dreams was to be a mom. Absolutely. So there was one, but maybe some others were neglected. Yeah. And for many of us, 
that is such an important dream, but we are sent here for a bigger mission than just motherhood. There's other aspects to that as well. And when we forget about that, we're actually forgetting about a piece of who we are. Okay. So when you, when you realize that dreams are real, Mm -hmm. what do you do about it? (laughs) Well, even just acknowledging that, that you're meant for different things can help put that um, spark back in your eyes, a, a little jump in your step, and helps you realize that that there are bigger things. Maybe you have to wait a little bit for them, but they're there. Uh, now, I have to say, yeah. I do think that some moms out there are saying, this is this is my dream and this is my big dream yeah. to have this family. And, and so I think we have to point out that that isn't, if that is your dream, that's enough. Yeah. And they'll know You don't have it. to have something bigger, right. or, you know, necessarily that um, motherhood is huge. Yeah. It's huge. I think the difference is that if that's their dream and, and that's what they're all about, they're going to be happy fulfilled. and joyful mm-hmm. and fulfilled. And that's fantastic. And I wish that it were that easy for others. Yeah, not everyone is right. is okay with that. And I always made the joke, you know, I, I've worked full-time, I've been at home full-time, I've kind of done a mishmash, mm-hmm. but nobody ever gives you a standing ovation for finishing the laundry, no. which I felt like I needed. Like I'm like, where is the button for someone to give me a hand that I just put all these twins' laundry away, you know? Right. So it's hard to get that validation sometimes when you're doing laundry and cleaning right. and changing diapers. Okay, so that's step number two, acknowledging your dreams. Mm -hmm. What about number three? Number three is define and protect my roles. And that's kind of what we're talking about right here. Our roles are the responsibilities that we have. So it would be mother or father for the dads that are watching, um, spouse, home manager. It might be employee, employer, soccer coach, PTA president, whatever those roles are that you have. It's really important that you define them and that they're very clear to you, and then we work to protect them. And there's a couple of those roles that hide. Um, One, probably being daughter of God or Mm -hmm. child of God, because we forget to fill that part of us when we're taking care of others. And then oftentimes we combine parent with home manager. So we spend all day managing our home, and then we wonder why our kids are— um, our toddlers are at our ankles, whining and complaining. Our teenagers might be throwing a shade, and we're trying to figure out why we're so disconnected. And it's because we were actually doing the laundry and the cooking and the bills and all of that that falls under home manager, and we weren't actually paying attention to our kids. And do you recommend writing these down Absolutely. to make it very clear? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, you need to know what they are. And so, with those two specifically, parenting and home manager, mm-hmm. um, have you found the best way to? set times or days? I mean, we just have to separate those two. Well, in our mind. So really the truth is that we're a parent and a home manager at the same time. You know, you're a parent to the kids that you're carpooling. You can cook dinner and work on homework at the same time. So often those two roles are happening at the same time. The difference is how we're looking at it from our mind. If we know that we're being a mom and a cook or a home manager in that moment, then we can switch back between browning hamburger and helping with the math problem with a much better attitude. So I'm not the only one who does that? Okay. Okay. Good to know. All right. So uh, what's next? On our steps. Okay. So number three was define and protect yes. our roles. And number four is to leverage our time. Okay. How so do we do that. Yeah. So once we know what our roles are and we become uh, passionate about protecting those roles and not 
becoming less of a person in those roles, then we can use our time to make the most of those roles. And that would be um, cooking dinner while we're helping our kids, doing as many things at once as we can, making sure that the machines in our life are working for us. So keep that laundry cycling, the dishwasher running. What can you do while you're waiting in the carpool line? Those are all things that we can do to leverage our time. But first, we have to know what those roles are so that we are clearly using our time. Do you think there are times when we have to really, I found myself having to do this with my kids because we're, we're multitaskers. I am anyway. Okay. So when you want to be that parent that you sometimes have to put everything else aside and have that eye contact and just Mm -hmm. that that's all you're doing at the moment. And I think sometimes we forget to do that. Yeah. Some of the hardest things um, it's putting the like the world aside and being there for our kids because the world's like beeping at us in our pocket, mm-hmm. right? Like all the alerts in our phone, the email that we know we need to get to. And uh, one of the the tips that I actually teach for this that does fall under leveraging our time is a strategy that's not new, but we can use it in the home just like we do in business, and that's time blocking. So giving yourself time for mom time for work. And if you leave the house, like that's easy to do. But if you're working in the home, mm-hmm. those lines blend. So when are you mom and when are you working mom or when are you mom and when are you doing the chores? And then in that time that you're mom, you are mom and you are present mm-hmm. and you are coloring or you're playing Candyland or you're talking about boys with your teenager, whatever it is that, that you're doing, you're there and you're present. And the good thing is that um, it's easier to to be at peace with that because you know I have time set aside later. There's a time for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I think these days we complain a lot about teenagers always on their phones. Mm -hmm. But I was reading a study recently from Common Sense Media, and they were saying that 40% of kids feel like their parents are distracted when they're with them by gadgets, by their phones or whatever. And I think that's something we can learn from as parents, that we have to be present too. Yeah, and I'm just as guilty, um, you know, tucking the kids in at night, and I do tuck them in at night, but... They actually like us to lay by them till they fall asleep. And so then I'm pulling my phone out. And on more than one occasion, one of my kids has said, Mom, will you put your phone away and cuddle with me? And that's hard. That but, hurts. you know, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And it's a, it's a constant daily struggle. Okay. Leveraging our time. And mm-hmm. what's next? Cherish our children. Okay. And that's because in this role of parenthood, sometimes we only see them as the person that's making the mess or the conflict that they're causing in our home, and we forget to see them as our Heavenly Father sees them and love them and nurture them and cherish them because we don't know how long we get to spend with them. Okay, I think that's a good reminder for us. And what's your last tip? Um, Everyone needs play dates. That includes us. Yes. So, yeah, we need time away from our family. We need time with our spouse. And for those of us that are working towards those dreams that are in our heart, we need to create opportunities to network. How important do you think it is for moms and dads alike to have time with their peers, with their friends? I think that's so important. It's so important. It's it. It might be the most important thing in regards to um, dreaming in motion or making those dreams happen while you still take care of your kids. So I think that um, making time for what matters most is nothing new. We know that we're supposed to be doing that. But why is it so hard for us, especially as moms, to do that, to prioritize? Possibly because we want to be everything to everyone all the time. Yeah. And it's hard for us to say no. I'm a big believer in no. Like, Me too. A huge Absolutely. believer. But a lot of people have a hard time with it. How, what is the best way to say no? Even because sometimes you have to say no to good things. 
Right. How do we do that? Right. And oftentimes, aren't we choosing between two good things? Yeah, two yeah. good things or or something that's better and something that's best. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not it's not always an easy choice. And I think first we're actually saying yes. So if we go back to those roles that we defined and we're this is where we protect them. So think of like the top six thing, your top six roles. It's probably parent and spouse. Maybe it's caregiver or, or neighbor or your church calling, whatever it is that your six most important. And we're going to protect those fiercely. Okay. And in order to do so, we have to say no to everything else. So first in your mind, you're saying yes to those things that are most important to you. And when you know that you're doing that, it makes it really easy to say yes, or I'm sorry, to say no to those things that are infringing on those things that are most important to you. So if somebody asks you to coach a basketball team Mm -hmm. or to run for PTA president or to, um, you know, go on a business trip, it might be easier to say no to those things because you're first saying yes. And I like actually how you map this out that when you do it, because let's give some people some real yeah, basics. This yeah, is I've how got a you real do it. formula that okay. we can share. This is, okay, moms, this is how you <laughs> say no. First, you say yes. Right. It's, there's actually a three-part process. It's a yes, no, yes formula. So first we're saying, it's like, a yes to those most important things on our list, but also we're going to physically say yes to whoever it is that's okay, asking. Okay, so let's role play this. Us. Yes. Hey, could you be the new PTO president? You would be so great at it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take a deep breath because I know that that doesn't fall in my six most mm-hmm. valuable things to me. So I'm going to say yes to you. Oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. I am flattered that you think I would do a good job. So there's our first yes. Mm-hmm. Now our second step is a clear matter of fact, no. Zero maybes. You're not allowed to use maybe or let me think about it or let me check my schedule. So then the next part would be, unfortunately, the book that I'm writing or the business that I'm building or the great hobby that I have are taking up time in my life right now. Or you could phrase it differently and say, unfortunately, even though I love my kids, there's not a space for that in my life right now. So that's our, like our that. second step. Mm-hmm. And it can be said or differently. you can be honest and just yeah. say, I'm barely hanging on right. to my life right now. Absolutely. So <laughs> that's not going to happen. Okay. And yeah. then you end it with kind of a yes as yes. well. Yeah. So you're going to affirm the relationship or you might be able to come back around with something that you are comfortable with. So I would say, but thank you again for thinking of me. And then maybe I could offer a suggestion of somebody else who I think would do a good job. Or maybe I know that in the spring, I'm not as busy. So I could say, but I would love to help with that spring carnival. I like that. Yeah. So a yes, no, yes. Mm -hmm. There you go. Everyone, you know how to do it now. Yeah. So do it. And it can be done in a text, in an email, face to face. You have to do it or else you go insane. Remember, no maybes. (laughs) No maybes. Now, also, um, you talk about setting those realistic expectations with yourself. So you just set one in that role play with whoever was asking you to be PTO president. But you have to set them with yourself, with your spouse, and with your kids as well. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, those three roles. How do you kind of prioritize those? Well, really, they're probably all like on an, an equal plane, right? Because we can't really say that our, our spouse or our kids are more important. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is having real conversations with our spouse. What's really most important to you? I, I can't do all of these things. What's most important to you? And if, if our spouse were an employer and we knew we had all these things we needed to do, we would probably sit down with our employer and say, I can't do all of these. What's mm-hmm. most important to you? So let's have that conversation with our spouse. I like What's that. most important to you? I know that my husband loves our bar to be cleaned of clutter. <laughs> and yet what's one of the first things that I do when I come home? 
right? set all of the junk right on the bar. And there are some things that he care, doesn't care about, but that's one of them. And also it could be that his m- most important thing is just to have 20 minutes with you yes. alone at yes, the end of absolutely. the day or something. Without me out of energy, right? Mm-hmm. Or t- too tired to even make eye contact because the day's been too long. So I think that that is a little easier to do with your spouse because they're a grown-up. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's hard to talk to your children about their expectations of you. Right. I know I was talking to friends lately. My son couldn't believe I couldn't come on this one field trip. You know, he's very upset. You can't make it to every single soccer no. game and every single thing. How do you talk to your kids about their expectations of Okay, you? so that goes back to mom resolution number two, dreams are real. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to to that idea of how are we going to balance doing the things that we love, following our dreams, and raising this family that we love? Because these are two fantastic things. And I think it's important for us to sit down with our kids and explain to them, this is something that mom really wants to do. I, I know when I was writing my book and I was under a contract to have the manuscript turned into my editor, there was a deadline and these chapters had to be written. And so I gathered the family and we sat down and I explained to them, this is something that is really important to me, something I've always wanted to do and I need your help. And that means that I might not be able to pick you up from soccer practice. It means that I might not be available when right after school, whatever it is that is changing, we need to address the change because the kids are sensitive to the change. They don't really care that you're not there. Well, they do, but what's bothering the most is that things are shifting. So we need to acknowledge Explaining that. it really mm-hmm. well. And and maybe it would make them feel good to know they're supporting you. In yeah, something and then engage them. Do. Like, is there a reward in it for them? What do they get out of it? Is there a special trip to the ice cream store? Um, is there extra money for the family so that they can go on a vacation or do the sporting event that they want to do? How does this affect them? And also, let's talk a little bit about, um, I think a lot of times moms have a hard time taking time for themselves. So I've told a lot about myself today because I'm a big believer in no, I'm a big believer in spending time with your friends, and I'm a Mm -hmm. huge believer in time for yourself. Absolutely. So sometimes that can make us feel guilty, though. I know every time I try to plan my girls' trip with my friends, we all feel guilty Mm -hmm. leaving our families. How can we prioritize having that time for ourselves without guilt? Yeah. Well, first, I think sometimes we think that this time for ourselves has to take all day, right? Well, if I put myself first, like the role of me, if I put that first, then that's selfish. But the truth is that on a daily basis, it probably only needs to be 10, 15, maybe 45 minutes at most if you're exercising too. And then that still leaves over 20 hours or, you know, 23 hours if you're including sleep that all of these, this time that you can spend on someone else. When it comes to something like a weekend getaway with with your girlfriends, I would look at more the week or the month and just think, well, how am I blocking out my time? And if I'm you gone can make like this a pie weekend, chart. <laughs> sure. this is only a teeny little sliver. Sure, like let's get the whiteboard out and and let's look and see if this is the time I'm spending with my friends. What am I doing the weekend before or the weekend after so that my loved ones will feel like their cup is full? How can you help people listening know maybe they don't know what their dreams are? Maybe they don't know those roles specifically. Do you have a way for us to kind of visualize that and realize what our roles are and what should be a priority? Yeah. So first, if we want to know what our roles are, like just grab a a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper and just jot down all of the different things that you have. And um, some people might be in the high teens Honestly, you only can handle about eight major roles at a time without totally feeling overwhelmed. Mm. Um, And then if we're throwing in dream management into that, that's a whole different list. So you would write down things like 
um, that you like to do, things that are easy for you but seem to be a little harder for other people. Sometimes our talents are so easy for us, we don't even realize that they're talents. Mm -hmm. And our talents are always an indicator of our dream. Oh, okay. So that's oh, yeah. an easy way to find out. Yeah, what because you're the dream that you have in your heart is a part of who you were created to be. Therefore, you have the special talents and the gifts that you need to make that happen. So we talked about saying no, and I don't want to yeah. sound negative because I think another huge benefit for moms out there is helping one another. Yeah. So how can we help one another, support one another? Does that alleviate some of that stress or does it make it more so? What do you think? That's a really good question. And that's that's a tough one, right? Uh, I think that when we have our own roles handled, it makes us easier. It's easier for us to reach out and to serve someone else. And if we're in overwhelm all the time, then we don't have the capacity to serve others. So it's almost like when we're on an airplane, the stewardess always reminds you that and in case there's an accident, a crash, and those oxygen masks drop, you put yours on first because instinctively we would always put it on our kids. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for for life. Make sure that your own life is in order because then when you know your neighbor's stressed out or somebody's car breaks down, you are the one that can go and help. Now, you talked about that time of your life where you were overwhelmed. I, yeah. I think we've all had those. Yeah. For you, these steps happened immediately, you said. Mm-hmm. What can you say to the mom out there who maybe have done some of these things and it's still not helping? Well, I think it's important to realize that this isn't just a door that you walk through and everything's different. Life balance is like a roller coaster. It's cyclical. So even though I may have had one of my biggest dips when the twins were 18 months old, I've had another really big dip this year. And I might have another really big dip in a couple years from now or two months from now. You never know. So it's more about having the tools that you need so that you can manage the dips, the corkscrews, the loop-de-loos, and just know that you're going to be able to make it through to the other side. You feel like you have those tools now. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you get out of whack, would you recommend just going back to that number one that you talked about? basics. And write them down. And and how often do we need to kind of do a check with ourselves, would you say? It depends on the person. In my experience with myself and the women that I work with, you can feel it. Like you start to feel like that bubble, like, ah, what's going on? Why is everything out of sync? And honestly, if I really have to narrow it down, it usually comes down to the one thing that I'm forgetting, and that's time with myself and with my Heavenly Father every morning. And if if that's not happening, then everything else starts to spiral. How much do you think— judgmentalness comes into this when we're talking about how we judge ourselves and how we judge other people. I think that that could be a big help if we could all just get over that and quit it. (laughs) If that happens, you let me know because I don't know if that is even possible. I wish it were. I think the more confident we are as a person, the easier it is for us to leave those judgments on the table. There are there are good that there is good guilt, and that's the guilt that we feel when our life is um, not on course. How do you recognize that? How do you recognize when you've gone a little bit maybe too selfish? Mm-hmm. You start to see the effects in the people that you care about around you. You start to notice that there's resentment with your spouse or that your kids are acting out, and those are are good moments to look and, and think. Well, what's the cause of this, and do I have something to do with this? And if so, then then I can change. And then the the guilt that we feel, I call it the mom guilt or that negative guilt. It's usually coming from an outside source. So if it's internal guilt, often it's 
a, a reason that we can change or should change. It might even be the Spirit telling us that something needs to change. And if it's coming from an external source, it's probably just people that we don't care about. And if they don't like us for who we are, then that's their problem. Isn't that the crux of it all? If we yeah. could get to that point where, number one, we're not judging yeah. other moms and being supportive, and then we don't judge ourselves, it could solve a lot of these problems, I feel like. I think so, too. <laughs> all right. Well, um, what final tips do you have for women out there who may just be struggling, who may feel totally out of balance and overwhelmed right now? It probably starts with grounding ourselves every day. So, Finding out our value, you know, mom resolution number one is I am valuable, but we find that value through our Heavenly Father, not through the clothes in our closet or our hairstyle or our makeup. So if if there's somebody out there that's struggling, I would encourage them to just wake up an extra 10 minutes. And I know that's hard. I've been the mom that didn't sleep for years and years, but just wake up an extra 10 minutes early with um, a notebook and the scriptures and some quiet time and just do that for a few days and journal the difference that you feel. And that's probably the very best place to start. You feel like that is really the basis for all of it. It is, is isn't it? I mean, our relationship with our Heavenly Father and and even our role as mother is a divine responsibility. And I think sometimes we forget at the importance of that. So yeah. you're talking about waking up early, talking to your Heavenly Father, doing your scriptures. And those are things we know we've learned our whole lives, right? right. Um, easy to forget, though. Maybe yeah. that is part of the steps that we have to do. You, when you talk about your value as your mm-hmm. number one thing, sometimes it's really easy to lose that when all of this is going on in your life. Yeah, and often it's the first thing that we drop, right? When when life is really awful, it's really easy to turn to our Heavenly Father for love and support. And then when life goes great, we stop. We stop turning to Him. And then it goes bad again, and we wonder why. And then we realize it's because we weren't doing the things we were supposed to do. And it's that same cycle that we see. How much of that was a part of you kind of coming out of your dips that you talked about? Um, I know without a doubt that my Heavenly Father is who guided me through and who gave me the information that I needed to help myself and hopefully help a lot of other people. And I know that when I'm feeling lost or overwhelmed or stressed out, um, it's not because He's turned His back on me. It's because I've turned my back on Him. And how much did your did your spouse play in all of this too? You know, he's a great guy, and, and he loved me through all of it. And I think that ultimately he just wanted me to be happy and he's been a great support. And he uh, he's used to living with a crazy person who has to be busy all the time. So I don't do well just sitting on a couch not doing anything. And is this something that—how young can we start teaching our kids these steps? Because I just think, you know, if we had started this long ago, maybe yeah. we wouldn't hit these dips that we've all had. Yeah, I think that first by example, right? I mean, hopefully my daughter's overheard a lot of the training calls and the conversations that I've had, and hopefully she's learning these things. But uh, I think that we teach by example. Do your do your kids see you loving yourself and, and speaking highly about yourself, or do they see the look that you gave yourself when you passed the mirror? I know um, the day that, that my books arrived for my publisher before my, my launch day, and I opened that book, and there was my dream in a box, and my daughter was right next to me, and I was able to say to her, look, you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it. And I showed her by example that it's possible. I hope that she remembers that day. And I and I think that as parents, that the first step is probably leading by example. 
You have this website, Mom Entity, mm-hmm. where you say you hear from a lot of women. Yeah. What is their main struggle today that you're seeing come oh. into your website? That's a that's a good question. I think that most of us just struggle with trying to do it all. How am I good at home and at work and with my kids? And I think that the number one thing that they need to work on is just learning to um, define those roles. And that's part of your steps. Let's let's just review one more time before yeah. we before we go. Your six steps mm-hmm. for those of you out there struggling. We know we've all been there. Yeah. Okay. These are the six. First, find your value. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you say the rest. I yeah. remember the no, first two. Okay. Yeah, I am valuable. <laughs> Dreams are real. Define and protect your roles. Leverage your time. Cherish your children, and everyone needs playdates. And there's so much information on all of these, and I actually have them available in a free download on my website. It's called the Mom Relief Kit. So there's a whole audio training and a workbook that's free. It's just there for those women who feel overwhelmed or burdened in their role as mom, and it's available for them at momentity.com. Nicole Carpenter is an author and founder of momentity.com. She has shared some great tips today for setting realistic expectations for ourselves, our spouses, and our kids. Thank you all for tuning in and join us next time. Gospel Solutions for Families on the Mormon Channel. Subscribe to the podcast on mormonchannel.org, the Mormon Channel app, or on iTunes.